1: Well, the first thing I have to say is so big on my heart is happy, happy Mother's Day to you all. And whether you have children or not, you're a mother and you should be. And mothers have a job and moms in the house today. Amen. And the first thing I have to say to you is you don't have to wait till you die to be free. Amen. We're not finally free when we go to heaven. The day that you said, Jesus is Lord of my life, I receive him into my heart. That is the moment. We're free first, folks. Amen. Amen? I'm not going to wait for heaven to know his freedom. I'm not going to look for the line in the sand. Okay, I'm finally dead. I've left the earth. Now I can step into everything Jesus promised. I'm not going to need it in heaven and neither are you. Amen. Amen. Oh, bless the Lord. We're going to learn how to let go of all the yesterdays. I'm not looking for the line in the sand. Okay, where's the measure? I'll know when I can receive God's good promises. I've got a lot of things I've done wrong, Pastor. I'm going to need five A counseling of appointments, perhaps two hours long each, where I share with you all the reasons why I'm going to have to wait for freedom bought for me. Paid for at a dear cost on the tree at Calvary, but I'm going to be waiting. I'm waiting for Jesus. I'm waiting for Jesus. He's done. He's finished. He's sitting down and waiting for you. Good morning and happy Mother's Day. I do love you. (laughs) Thank you. I received that. You probably should be praying for me today. Amen. I hope you're praying for me because I've got a burning in my heart. I've got burning in my bones. And I'm telling you what, I'm not keeping it captive. Amen. Amen. (laughs) My husband said something wonderful to me yesterday. I mean, he says good things all the time that make me think. Some of them are interesting, more interesting than others. But he said, intelligent people care. And I thought, hmm, intelligent people care. And I was like, oh, that's really good. Intelligent people care. And uh, I remember some years ago, somebody said, you know, those are people who are smart, uh, get born again. It's that kind of thing, you know. That's wise. It's wise to accept Jesus, amen. I think it's a good decision. Somewhere in here, I might have a message, maybe. Jesus is good, amen. We're going to get rid of yesterday. And we're going to learn to walk in what Jesus called us to walk in. At least you're going to hear about it. It's your choice to do it. Amen? Amen. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing. And hearing. And hearing. How many times in school did you have to hear one plus one equals two before you actually believed your teacher? We didn't understand numbers in kindergarten. But we're not in kindergarten, folks. And I remember in the verses coming in, in Corinthians, it said, I wanted to teach you like adults, but you were still sucking on the, you know, soother. Now that's not, that's not the exact translation, but you get the picture. I wanted to feed you meat. But it's, it's an interesting word, but you were incapable, unable. It's like your ears couldn't hear. It. No, 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 one plus one. I don't really know what numbers are. And lots of times we come and we, we have messed up faith. We've made it so complicated and, and so, such a mess. And we've made it a place where, oh, uh, back to the measuring line, okay, when I've done this right, when I, when I know I'm free, when I've done this, when I've done that, and I've crossed all of the T's that I have put in front of myself. When I'm finally at the place where I think I might know a bit about God, I'll have faith. The day that you said and you confessed with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you walked in faith. Because you never saw him. You heard and you spoke. You knew something stirred in your heart. You felt it burning in there. You knew it was true. You might, Sometimes you don't like it. We don't always like truth. Because it stings a bit. It means we didn't know truth before. So the light comes on and goes, ooh, that's truth. That means what I had before wasn't. And so sometimes that stings. Get over it, it'll be the best decision of your life. You know, it'll only sting for a moment. You know, when you give an injection, we have a few nurses in our crowd. It Never hurts you to give an injection. (laughs) Never. You know, you watch their face. You say, it's only gonna sting a bit, that's what we say. (laughs) Now, there's times when, you know, and I had the pleasure of doing that. <laughs> and now I have the pleasure of doing it in a whole different way. Mm-hmm. Amen. So if you get stung this morning, know it'll pass. Amen. As long as you say yes to the sting and receive it. Amen. amen. <laughs> because it's when the sting goes and the bit comes out you don't need, you'll feel better. That's right. amen? amen. 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 Praise the Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I quoted a lot of scripture in my notes, but... We'll get there, I think so. I started at 10. We're fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. There's a time when when uh, some things that we do as preachers, as ministers of the gospel look pretty silly. I've run around, I've done some crazy things. One day I walked in and I had a I put on a white cold cream all over my face and curlers in my hair, put a put a house coat on. And I, you know, I disappeared during praise and worship right before a preach came up looking that way, and everybody's like, "What are you doing?" I was making a point that it doesn't matter what you look like, although I do like bling and I'm into that, and I like to look nice. It doesn't matter if you have the worst clothes on, full of jeans, full of holes, and all the rest of it, because whatever. Now I know they wear holes on purpose, but that's that's. Yeah, that's for another day. Maybe Pastor Neil will bring that up. <laughs> we'll leave that with his long legs. And uh, <laughs> I, I know there's a day where where you know these things seem so very important, and and we do things that are unusual. There was a time I re- and it, it makes things stick out. And and Pastor Neil was preaching on you know don't hide it under a bushel, and he got a basket, put it on his head, and what do you think? I remember. Don't let your light be hidden. It was so potent. And 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 another time, I'm free. And those long arms came out. And I was thinking about that this morning when we're going, well, we'll be free at last. And I'm not against that song. Please understand me. But sometimes we sing things and it's like, can we move into the now? <laughs> and I'll, pardon me. You know what I mean. I'm not picking it apart. But sometimes, pardon me. I understand. Can I get some water? Thank you. All the yelling I did this week and the dancing and the singing is comfort voice a little bit. Amen. Yes, we had African worship, so I got a workout. Well, some of us did anyway. Yeah, Yeah, uh, yeah. didn't have to go to the gym all week. You know what I mean? We did a lot of dancing, didn't we, Pastor? (laughs) So much. (laughs) yes we have this thing we do where we you know do steps in that and pastor neil won (laughs) he had the most steps that last five days (laughs) i don't know why my mind was wasn't counting but the time change freaked it out or something so but um doesn't matter he 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 very much won he did more circles around the gym than i did or (laughs) around the um, place where we met the conference center And, uh, you know, there's times when we we do things, they they seem foolish to the world. But you know what? I'm free and I'm happy. Uh, I'm not going to tell you that things have ever, you know, been perfect. But it's not about situations being perfect. It's about a perfect God. Amen. Where was I? I was here somewhere. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you were wise in Christ. We are weak, but you're strong. You're honorable, but we are despised. Aren't you glad? So we go, I want to be a preacher. Are you ready to be despised, hated? People spat at me. I didn't like your earrings. I'm going to leave the church because your earrings are too big. I can't That's an actual true story. And they left. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Oh, I didn't mean it that way, but amen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good morning. (laughs) Oh, it got warm in here. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. And uh, so, so, you know, all kinds of things. There's places. And you know what? Here, When you're called to a certain thing, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And, and it's like, so you despise me. And? Is that going to change how I wash my face when I get up in the morning? Probably not. Is it going to change the order I put on my socks? You know, I, I'm a very ordered person, those who know me. Uh, I'm not necessarily ordered when the Holy Ghost is on me. Things just happen the way they do, and I'm good with that. But outside of the pulpit, I lead a pretty normal, well, I, I lead a very regulated life, shall I say that way. Orderly. I put on my socks in the same order every day, this one, then that one. And some people, they, really? Yes. I put on my socks, I put on my pants. Like, you know, I have this thing, I, it's always the same. I put on my makeup the same way every day, same color, same place, you know, partly because I can't see without my glasses on.
0: <laughs>
1: so if I do it in the same order, at least it gets there. So praise the Lord. <laughs> and so when people go, I'm like, okay. Uh, when we were in the conference center, we were at the desk, and 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 you know, Doreen and I are happy people, and and we're just chattering away like we do. Or perhaps she listens, I'm blabbing, and that would probably be more realistic. Although she can hold her own, and we were at the front desk, and and we were asking for something from the people, and they, oh, why are you here? So people walk in, why are you here? And so oh, we're here for a conference. Oh, what kind of conference? A ministers' conference. And immediately, well, I'm an atheist. And I'm like, and? and. I was like, he was so shocked at my non-response, like that should change my life. I'm going to do something different. And immediately he he tells me his whole story why he doesn't believe in God. But actually, it's okay for me to have my faith, and he's okay with that. And I'm like, yeah, I I needed your permission. Mm-hmm. And so we went on and on. We just uh, you know, and finally, I, you know, and you probably don't know this, and you probably don't know this. And finally, I said, you know. I said, I actually have a master's degree, and you probably are talking to the wrong person. Because I I know what you're talking about, and I'm probably better at it. He was like, so shocked and I said that. And, and, you know, so then he kept digging the hole, you know. Keep digging, brother, you know, because he's digging, and he's digging, and he's digging. And finally, you know, at the end of the day, we just said, you know, uh, he was talking about you know Christians are so judgmental, blah 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 blah, and this and that and the other. And he brought up a name, and said, what do you think about this person? And I pause, and I shared how I had been present when this person had had prayed, and miracles took place, and and oh, I didn't, oh oh, and and Doreen shared some miracles as well, and and, and they're like, oh 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 oh, did you know this person supports you know orphanages? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Well, what about this? And what about that? What about his planes? And blah blah blah. I said, look, I'm not judging him. I'm not judging you. Bye. I have to go back, (laughs) and that's right. I left him with his mouth open. Amen. Sometimes we got to take that person and just like, amen. If you get offended, you can't do that. That's right. I'm not challenged. I'm not changing my opinion. I'm not shaken by the fact that he doesn't believe yet. I was going somewhere here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He says, even under this present hour, we both hunger and thirst and are naked. Praise the Lord, we're not today. And buffeted and have no certain dwelling place and labor. Paul's, you know, describing his life isn't easy. We have a pretty good life. Working with our own hands, being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we suffer. And it's not that kind of beg you suffer. <laughs> Suffering for Jesus. Please don't. Not like that. Not like, that's not suffering for Jesus. You haven't, you know, your bank statement go a little short because you made a de- bad decision. is not suffering for Jesus. My little owie on my toe, my toenail got ingrown. Pastor, pray for me. I'm suffering for Jesus. No, you're not. Good morning, again. Being defamed, we entreat. We keep being nice. We don't lose our character because people do. Outside. The ones out there, they've lost their way and they're crazy and they're mean and they're nasty is no excuse for us to do something different. This is what the world needs. They need people who have character who aren't changed every five seconds. The world, the government will change. It'll be, it'll be a mess always because when people are in charge. People are people. They're not saved, folks. They're not gonna act like it. People are not born again. Don't act like those who do. Now, that doesn't mean everybody who's not saved is a mean, ugly person. There are some who actually try to operate in kindness, and and they're okay. But you can't put your weight on them. You can't lean on them. They're, They're not the person you run to. And this is the trouble we've been having. We as a body go to those who are untrusted and who don't have the wisdom of God And lots of times we have taken, well, here's the word of God. This is what it says. Let me check it out with somebody at a school who doesn't know Jesus. I don't know how some of these these professors and some in Bible school are not born again. And they can quote and they can talk about the Hebrew language. They can talk about the Greek language and they can explain it. But they are not saved. And if you go to run to them to explain the word of God, you've gone to the wrong place. You need someone who has the word of God alive in them. And the reason we don't do it is because we don't like what they'll say. Because life always has this blood and water thing flowing. The word of God always has contains life and power. There's power in that life. Right. And there's power in the blood. And when you hit that thing, it's like, that's the kind of truth that shakes out every lie that is able to purify us from the filth of this world. We don't like to talk about that, but we should. We should. Amen? Amen. Don't be moved. We need people who won't be moved. These things I write not to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. I want to tell you something. As a mother of God, we're going to hear, I, I just want to share with you these things. Mothers and fathers of the word of God give warnings for a reason. They're not because they hate you. It's not because they have something bad planned for you. It's because they see something ahead that could hurt you. And lots of times, especially in teen years and teen Christian years. You can be a teenage Christian and be 55. And in that place, there's a temptation to... To run to outside voices for confirmation. While the spiritual leaders, the people you should be trusting, are saying, this is not safe for you. You go, well, I know so and so. I don't like, you know, I don't like you saying I'm going to have to live right. I don't have to be submitted. They use that word and everybody runs for cover. If I wasn't submitted to God, I couldn't stand here today. Submission and yielding to the Holy Spirit is an opportunity for his goodness and favor to flow in ways I can't even begin to describe. It's brought me into places I didn't know I could live. That life that is promised, it wasn't just, yes, I'm free and and that's good and I read that and that's true and I experience a portion of it. But when I yield to the Holy Spirit, He, he comes in and even when I'm mad and angry, because I do have, I sometimes get frustrated. In that moment, if I yield right there, it takes me right out of that place. It took me too long to learn that. Learn it now. Amen? So I write these things uh, not to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you have not many fathers or mothers, I'd like to say. Not many people who care for your being. So we run to that which makes us comfortable. We run to that that will agree with our opinion, but not necessarily the word. We run to those places because, I felt uncomfortable here. How do I know because I was there, and I've run outside, and I know how that thing works, and so I warn you. There's also a place where it talks about, many people like to talk about the Deborah and, and uh, in the Old Testament, in Judges chapter 4 and 5. And they talk about, This, you know, and so because people don't know how to handle a a female pastor and things like that. Well, they try to find a way into it. Oh, well, she's like Deborah. So people have, you know, spoken that over my life because they say, oh, here's a woman. She's anointed of God. It must be a Deborah anointing. And they go, one, two, three, five. (laughs) And in some senses, yes, that anointing is on my life, but not because I'm a woman. I didn't get up this morning and go, I feel it. Yep, I'm a woman. The men didn't do it either. Men, did you stand up this morning and go, I'm waiting for the feeling if I'm a man today. Come on, folks, we've done some ridiculous things and we're watching some ridiculous things take place. (laughs) My, 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 I'm so glad I didn't have to feel like a woman to be one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even think about it. I don't get up in the morning and say, woo, I'm a woman, I'm gonna preach today. I don't think that. What I do think is, God, you want to uh, put your word in me. I'll be obedient to your word. I will open my mouth. Would you fill my mouth with your goodness? Will you fill my mouth with the things that you want to say to raise up a generation of people who will be strong in faith, who won't be moved, who will be settled, who live in the freedom that you promise? That's what I do. Has nothing to do with what's in the mirror. Amen? So in the Old Testament, in Judges chapter 4 and 5, and it talks about Deborah, one of the things you'll you'll also see is she doesn't talk about her family. She doesn't say, oh, I have 15 children. Doesn't say that. It's not there. So sometimes people say, well, you can't be a mother. You didn't have children. I happen to have children, but I don't just have the three that we gave birth to. I've got lots of children all over the world now. <laughs> and I didn't try to collect them. They just kind of, you know, happen. And, and I have sons in the faith. But it wasn't written in the word of God that Deborah had, had a, a whole bunch of children. Said she had a nation. And what was that? When it said she was a mother of nations. She cared about it. She prayed for it. And some of you today need that. World perspective so that you can get up out of the negative or the narrow perspective of this world. We need to have a world view. We need to have a nation view. And as we get that, you see, when we born again, it's all about me, me and Jesus. And that's a good beginning, but we need to broaden our stroke. One of the things, and you could, I have a kindergarten teacher here and she could testify that, Deborah, you were a kindergarten teacher. You know, when children come in like, like, it's like, there's a world outside of my family <laughs> and one of the shocks is when they meet someone and it goes that person's name is mom too <laughs> yeah. they didn't have a nation perspective we get saved and it's similar we get this narrow uh, perspective this narrow vision and we be, and you know you come to church and you go oh oh there's more than just our church <laughs> and there's other d- and they're all a part of the kingdom of God. And we say, well, he's the body of Christ. We say that, but we don't like, it doesn't get in up here. Deborah had a vision of nations that she was bringing. And when she stood, she judged Israel, but had a call to the nations, it says with a S. Mother of nations. And there's a place where God wants to expand how we live our life. So, we can get his perspective. So, when he's speaking, we see from his view what's going on here. Because when we see it from his eyes, it sure makes our situation better. Because we begin to say, you know what? We are going to be okay. People have had it bad before. (laughs) Oh, that person over there got way worse than me. That happens too. (laughs) You know, like, ooh, you know, we're not saying, I'm so glad I'm not that person, but you know. (laughs) A couple of Pharisees and Levites that did that, and the Good Samaritan did not see it that way. He had heaven's perspective, and he wasn't the call. Those people were called that Levite that walked by that man that was broken. They had the calling and the anointing from heaven. They were supposed to heal, and they weren't operating in it. A long time's a guy who's not, but because he was intelligent, he cared. Deborah had a call. I said, Father's warn, but there's also something else that uh, Deborah noted, and I note in her story, you can read the whole thing. I like the part where they're singing the song, and, you know, the lady gets a hold of a nail of the tent peg and pounds it through the guy's head. I never knew, uh, you know, and, this, and they sang the song that Deborah and Barak sang, and they took a nail and put it through his head, la, 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 I don't know. <laughs> it's a different song. <laughs> we don't have songs like that today because we're not fighting winning battles, but we will win some. And maybe the greatest battle of, I'm free. <laughs> what did she do? i tell you what, here's a scary thing. She goes up to Barrack and said, God told you, ba da 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 why aren't you doing it? Mothers know.
0: <laughs>
1: and it's usually because at some point they've heard you say, you know, I really believe God's told me to do da-da-da-da-da-da. And so, two years later, when you still haven't done da-da-da-da-da, they say, I'm sure God spoke to you about this. And uh, is there a reason why you're holding back? And you're like, Jesus. Now, that's for men and women today. Mothers know. And they know where you hide stuff, too. Something's really lost when mom doesn't know where it is. (laughs) I always thought that that you know I never had that till I had children and then it was like a thing that happened and it's because we saw them put it away or we had to do it for them. <laughs> you know the lost sock? I had I actually had a situation we had this this dryer in our first house and, and that was a miracle our first house. And and it came with this ugly dryer. Oh dear Jesus. I laid hands on that dryer so many times. <laughs> because I w- we were not going to be driven into debt and we were going to do it when we had the money. And so, you know, and that oh, that dryer be healed, you know. Shake the house, move around the floor all on its own without any help. You know, it's a terrible thing. But it dried the clothes. <laughs> and the ones that wouldn't go on the line because it was raining because here's where we live. And one day that thing is dead and we now have a new one. We're taking it out and sure enough there were socks in there and they were eaten. They were in bits and pieces. It's probably why it made those sounds, but you know, the dryer really did eat socks,
0: folks.
1: (laughs) Mothers warn they know where stuff is, but it's not just about mothers, fathers do the same. And, And we have, in this world, we're in a place where this mother and father anointing has been so rejected by many. And, and it makes people nervous because they think, oh, I'm going to have to submit again. And that, and that's because, you know, one crazy person came along and they had the spirit of Jezebel and they hurt, you know, 10 people. And for the rest of your life, you're not free until you die. doesn't have to be that way. I understand. I'm not denying that people get hurt. I, you know, I've seen it. I've had it whipped my way. But I don't live there. Was it easy? It was easy when I yielded. Hmm. It wasn't easy when I rejected the truth. It wasn't easy when I fought against it and 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 argued with God. It wasn't easy. And, you know, all these people would say, well, just thank him. I didn't want to thank him. Just sing a song. I didn't want to do that neither. I, I, I So I understand. I understand. But it got easy when I said yes. Yeah. And my prayer was shorter when I said yes quicker. But didn't you see it God? Yes, he sees it. Be assured. So there's this pressure against fathers and mothers because you know, we don't want to be told what to do. We want to do our thing and we just want your blessing, we want your favor. But that's not what it says in the Ephesians chapter 6. Does anybody know what it says there? Honor your mother and father that it might be go well with, go well with you, you and life. long life and prosper. Be nice to me. <laughs> Mothers and fathers are not just who gave birth to you. They're people who care for your soul. People who will war for your soul. Sometimes you don't even know who they are. I had a, an intercessor in my life. And he didn't have any children. He was never married. And he, he prayed for me. Praise so the Lord and I had gone off into ministry and was traveling around the US, I needed prayer. I encountered so many things, I was in kind of shock for the first six months. And we, the first place I went to was Alabama. I had never seen church on this side of the tracks and that. That wasn't the people I grew up with. I'd never seen racism like that. And because I, I do have a big heart, I, 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 I was in such shock and I, and he would write me He would write me scriptures my grandmother my mom's mother, was still alive at that point she would I get a letter and both of them were praying for me and I, I don't know that I ever told them how much shock I was in and how I would just uh, and I was I, I had passion then as much as I have now but it was not filtered nor was it adjusted and so I would get really offended and I'd want to I'd wanna walk in the middle of the church. And, and, you know, women weren't really supposed to talk at all there. And I certainly could never wear slacks. For sure, not jeans. And we were living by faith. So sometimes I had pantyhose, one leg from this one and one leg from that one, put them together so you had a pair because there was no way you would go into church no matter whether it was like 108 degrees out there. And you'd have to dress in a certain way. And there was limitations as to what the girls could actually do. Can you imagine sending me into that environment? <laughs> but he knew. And I shook some things while I was there. <laughs> Why do you do it like this? What's that going on? And, and, and in different uh, denominations. And, and God had a plan in the middle of it all. God often ha- arranged it so that I, I stayed in the pastor's home. Other people went different places, but I'd get to be with the pastor. I'd take a notebook and I'd ask them why they believed the way they did. Later in life, I had no idea how vital that would be to my life. As I learned about how different people believed, why they uh, worshiped God the way they did. And I, I, God just poured out his blessing to me, from offense to offense. <laughs> but I had people who prayed for me. And, and one day, Charlie went home to be with Jesus and I knew he had always prayed for me and I had the honor and the privilege of leading his his celebration of life and when I and as I was preparing I realized I I knew when he now I'd gone in and I had laid hands on him and uh, before he went home and I had gone home he hadn't passed at that juncture and I'd gone home but I something happened when he passed I like I woke up and I knew he had passed the prayers that he had were un- with unfeigned faith that he prayed for me. And I felt the absence as he left the earth. And shortly thereafter, I knew that now I had a new mandate. I knew how he would prayed for our family and when I was doing this celebration of life, I said, you know, all of you people here today, he prayed for all of us. He gave his life to prayer and stayed single. And that was just his life. He'd actually, such a man of God, such a father in the faith in many ways. He had someone we didn't even know until after he passed and we were going through his things. We found letters to this woman. He had fallen in love and because he was the captain of a ship, his boat went down, I believe, four times. And as he captained during the war, God preserved him every time. Him and his Bible would always survive. And... He had, by the, but at one point he was captured and so they had no word. And so this woman he had fallen in love with before he went out to war, uh, married another. And when he got get home, he found her. And uh, the man was abusive, she had three children with him. And he, you know, she probably should have left him, but she, you know, finally they separated, but she never divorced him and the man passed away. All that time, when that man didn't provide, he sent checks to her and he provided for her. But he wouldn't dishonor her, uh, even when they were legally separated. And he never told anybody because of this one reason. Because in his heart, he didn't want to make her an adulteress. That was the kind of character he was. He didn't want to violate her. He loved her. And continued to love her. And after... The husband had passed. They wrote again. And he prayed for her. And in the last days, she, when he passed, we got a letter back from her. She told us these things. And we had no idea. Sometimes people hold things in their heart. We don't know. We don't know what they've gone through. You could have said in some ways he was suffering, but he never wore that. He never wore in any way a suffering. He would share the word of God. And you know, he was never a preacher, although he preached in long-term care homes and things like that. He'd give a short word. He would never have considered himself a preacher. And one day I had given him a book, um, the intercessor's book, um, Reese Howell's Intercessor. And it was a new copy. I had a copy of it, and I blessed him with it one Christmas. And it was his uncle's boat that was on the cover. (laughs) God has ways to reach every one of us. And you see, with all the pressure to be individual in this world. We don't see much individuality. We need the the time and the promise of the old and young running together. We need to believe God for that and receive it and walk together. We need fathers, we need mothers, and we need to recognize them and know that they're here to hold our hand, to warn us if need be, to encourage us when God has spoken that the very things that he has spoken into our hearts will come to pass. The greatest thing that I love about that story with uh, Deborah in Judges 4 is that when she reminded Barak of the word, "Hath not God spoken? Did He not say He could go to battle and take out the enemy?" And yes, he had. He agreed. He said, "But I don't want to go alone." Don't you know that that Deborah, probably sitting under a tree, and not and she wasn't very young at that juncture, she got up from that tree. I was, she was old, but you know she was, <laughs> and she got up and went into battle with him. It is the day when we need to get up and go into battle together. To hear the word of the Lord clear, to know that it is no accident that you are a part of this body. That every time the enemy comes to you and says, well, I don't know. I don't know if you're gonna fit in. You're kind of weird. Well, the pastor's kind of weird. Birds of a feather, folks. I <laughs> love strong and we will go and we will see fathers stand up. Now a father doesn't have to be an age. It's not about, oh, you've, you've given birth to children. It's a call. It's an anointing. It's a position from heaven in the same way that mother of the nation is. And it's here to give encouragement. It's here to say we can go together. It's here to say, come on, folks, we're going to live in victory. We're not going to wait for it. It's been already there. You know how many people uh, I've seen, they go to the, the smorgasbord, and, I, and we used to do this a lot there used to be a lot of smorgas when i was growing up not so much anymore and especially right now and you know because of obligation i would say well i better go down the salad get the you know and i'd go through and i'd take you know a little bit of this and that and i'd have the balanced meal and one day i was out there with some some friends and they were they were great people and we were the Barry and i were youth pastors at that point and and they said Looking at my plate and saying, you know, the meat's free. You could just have meat. I'm obligated to try all these things. The meat's free. But I better eat salad because, you know, because it's there. And there's that terrible jello that never, ever melts. But everybody feels obligated to like chew a piece of it for an hour after. Sometimes we think about the smorgasbord that's in church and it's all available, but we never take. We never receive. We're talking about food again. The bacon one, yes. I found out one place had ice cream parlor and I was like, oh, Jesus. And I also discovered if you eat dessert first, there's always room. Was great.
0: <laughs>
1: How did I learn that? Because I wasn't obligated. And there's been a weight sitting on people's shoulders. And this word came to me yesterday as I was praying about this reasonable responsibilities. And we feel with this obligation that we have, well, they're reasonable responsibilities. As a parent, we must. As a mother we must, as a father we must, we must do this, we must do that, we must do that. Did God tell you that? And I'm here today standing in this office of mother. And I'm telling you, if God didn't say it, let it go. Be free. Let that religious obligation come off your shoulders. You don't need it. Reasonable responsibilities are not necessarily anything to do with Jesus, and that's why you're tired. That's why you're weak. God didn't want you weak. And the words of men lay heavy on people's shoulders and will hold you captive when you should be living free. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or wisdom. Sometimes I say funny things and they don't come up quite right. I speak with the wisdom of God, or at least I endeavor to. Reasonable responsibilities. I want to see them come off people's shoulders. God doesn't want you weighted down that way. Time to be free of them. You know, sometimes, especially even grandmas, you go, "Well, I'm gonna have to, da, 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 da. I gotta have to fix my kids." I'm gonna, da, da, da. what you do doing, doing that? You know, one of the greatest battles I personally had is learning not to fix things. Yeah. I love God, I love people, and when I see something off. Oh, But I'm not the chiropractor of Jesus. (laughs) It is not my gift. It's him. He is the fixer. And when Jesus started speaking to me, you're not the fixer. You're not the fixer. You're not the fixer. I go home. I'm not the fixer. I'm not the fixer. I'm not the fixer. And as much as I want to see God move, I can't make people move with him. And he's always, always, always moving. It's just me who's sitting. I determine not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Can we do this for our children and be free? Because I'm going to be a better parent. More strength, more wisdom will flow through me when I get out of the religious obligation, when I get Off of me, reasonable responsibilities. And let that word ring in you. And I believe as I'm speaking it this morning, I believe as I declare that the wisdom and the sight and the eyesight and God's perspective on what reasonable thing landed on your shoulders that you're going to go home and you're going to know what that is. And you're going to say, God, help me. This thing been sitting on my shoulders. I've been bound. I felt heavy. I can't get this thing off. I don't know what I'm doing. All these kinds of things. God doesn't want you bound that way. He's one well, of that thing sitting there. It didn't come from him. He didn't put it there. How did it get there? I don't know. Does it matter? Do you need to go on an excavation and turn yourself around and go, I'm going on a dig here, get me a light on my head? It's not excavation. Let's don't go digging. If God tells you, fine. If he doesn't, just say, God, how did this, you know, i got this thing on my shoulders. Show me so I can, like, get that thing off and move ahead. What's your word? What did you speak to me? Oh, sometimes people write them in a book. Good. Get them in a book. Write them down. Enjoy them again. Enjoy what God said and what people said. Bam! Get out. I'll be better and more usable and more available. When I'm not putting men's words first. But it's hard sometimes to know. It's hard. Because we can see with our eyes and I go. I know how to fix that. But is that what God said to do? I'm determined. And I'm pretty determined. i I. <laughs> I I wouldn't say that I'm not not without passion, I'm not without determination, I'm not without purpose. Those things are part of my life. And God has given me a quickness in response, but it didn't, it was always there, but it was covered. It was covered by things of this world. It was covered by people and sometimes, you know, I I didn't feel good about myself for many years, but that was many years ago. And one of the most powerful words years ago, Pastor Yvon from Montreal, Lachine, his church is in Lachine. He came here and he said, you have to love who God made you, love yourself. And I'm like, I love parts of me. But could you fix that part, Jesus? I want you to fix this. I want you to fix this. Verse four, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in power and demonstration. We have come to the place in the body of Christ where we want to have a little counsel with people on Sunday mornings. Come on in, we'll have a nice little talk. We'll make you feel better. Bless you. That isn't changing anything. But we have pulled back from the dunamis power of God because it's scary. It's revealing, it's truth, sometimes it knocks us out. There was a gentleman who came up for prayer on Tuesday morning during the convention and and he went down really fast and hard. (laughs) Sometimes that just happens, Boom. And Doreen was there when he kind of came to and he's like, what happened? I don't know what, what, what. And uh, you know, God, God wants to move in power to shake the things that we don't know. How many of you have ever said before God, I don't know what's wrong, but there's something. And, and then we try and do this thing. Well, I'm going to fast and pray, and I'll figure it out. I'll get rid of that. You know, I, nobody here has ever had a problem with cussing or anything like that. You know, it's funny about cussing. You ever drop the F-bomb when you're younger, and then it gets in your language, and then you're, you know, when you're with your friends, it flies all over the place. You know, it's like that F-bomb got wings flying through all of your language. And then you come home, and, and, and it, it wasn't the F-bomb I had used. It was some, I had taken the Lord's name in vain. And all of my friends did that. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. And uh, I said in front of my mom, and I thought I was going to die after <laughs> her face went, I mean, she just went gray, you know. I'm like, you have taken the name of the Lord in vain. I needed help because it was so becoming my language. And I needed God's help. I tried to, like, get it out myself. But I needed healing from it. I needed to tell God, I'm really sorry. It became a habit, and I needed to be delivered of it. And it didn't come by somebody laying hands on me. It came by me going into God and saying, "I, I need, I need help here." Today, uh, that whole thing, to this day, has become so a part of. I see it all the time, in all kinds of you know text messages, and they, it's terrible. We use God's name in vain all the time, and it's awful. It's because when it's in three letters that we don't realize it. But it's taking the name of the Lord in vain. And I want to honor God. Now, if that's you this morning, I want you to come up here, repent, and get on your knees and cry out to God. I'm not. We need to allow God to adjust us, is what I'm saying. I'm not here to beat you up. But it's like we, we become numb. And then we say, well, where's the power of God? But well, we're afraid of it, for one, and number two, if it reveals anything, we want to run for cover. Don't run for cover. Don't run for cover. You know, when I was in my teen years and I lied, my parents always knew, and I hid. You know, you don't want them to know. I smoked for a very short time in my life. And like, okay, you can't hide it, okay? <laughs> you smell like it. <laughs> and they're like, you know, they're waiting for me to tell. They, they know, and I'm like, Are these cigarettes we found in your car yours? No, they're my
0: friends.
1: (laughs) 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 They knew and they loved me. But they waited for me. They waited for me. The power of God's available. And we mustn't be afraid of it anymore. It'll purify. It'll get us through those things. And you know what? He didn't take everything away right away. Well, that's because I was kind of hanging on to it anyway Mm -hmm. there are certain parts of it I liked you know there was a certain part in cussing that kind of felt like power just saying like I just say there's reasons mama knows and that doesn't stop us from loving you and it didn't stop God from loving me did I mess up (laughs) yeah so, how come I know about this stuff. <laughs> what I also know and what I know more is that I don't have to wait to die to have freedom. I don't have to wait for that. Jesus already died. And I'm already alive. Right. And so when it says, it says my preaching, my speech was not in wisdom words, but in power and demonstration. It's time again for the demonstration of God. It's time again that we don't run from the power but run to it. He's the God of all power. The God of all power. All of it. We go, could you just sweep me a little bit? Because if I get too much, I don't know what to do. Uh, there's let me just touch one more thing because it's a touchy this and that day. It comes up and I go, Oh, that's that thing. Mm-hmm. That's why I said, you know, sometimes I go all over the place and it seems disorganized. but it's really God says, there's this thing. And I say it and then this thing comes up. That's why we do it this way. There's a place where we don't like things touched. Don't like it. Feels uncomfortable. But the greatest comfort comes when we yield and let it flow. You know, I don't have to go, give them more, Jesus. I'm not in charge of more. Amen. I'm not in charge of telling the Holy Spirit what I need or what you need. I understand sometimes we're looking for language to encourage someone. But I think the greatest encouragement comes as has not God said? Did he say this? That one day when I was reading John 17, 3, and this is life eternal, that you might know God and Jesus Christ, his son, whom he sent. And I went, I don't know him. I'd been born again a long time, filled with the Holy Ghost. But something rattled me, rattled me and shook me inside. And it just opened up, yielding, opens, You get a revelation like that. Isn't that a simple scripture? Yes. Yes it is. It's simple. Because God wants us to get it. (laughs) My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. But in demonstration of the spirit and power. Verse 5. I hope you have it. That your faith. Not mine, not your spouses your your neighbors or your children, yours. This, this is where it's individual. Power packed anointed ministry of the word looses you to grab a hold with your believing. It says that your faith, your faith your faith that you' grab a hold and you'd have that faith unfeigned. I believe it for you. I hear from heaven for you. God has called me to this place to encourage you to get up to hear the word of the Lord to and for the forgotten words that they would come alive again, that you would lay hold of them and know that every time you say yes, you're saying it in faith because there's something in your heart you believe and it's about what you believe that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men but what what would it stand in in the power of God not the and authority's good, but that's not what it's talking about here. It's talking about the whoa, change the world power, the shake the craziness off, get the last five years out of your head, get yesterday's off your shoulders, get reasonable responsibilities to the ground, get all those things that have been tormenting you when you lay your head at night, and not because you have to call the pastor, and not because you have to, you know, do five hail marys, and and. Uh, Well, you know, all that stuff. That your faith, and you open your mouth, and the wisdom of God pours out. And you say, right. Things are about to change. Things are shaken, and they're rattling. And if you feel shaken this morning, good. I have heard from heaven and done my job. (laughs) We can all walk in faith. Know that I pray for you like Timothy's mom and grandma. I pray that you be unshaken. Chances are, you'll hear some more negativity before you go to heaven. And somebody might come along And put something on your shoulders that was never meant for you. Sometimes people have given words out of their flesh, and they landed on your shoulders, and you didn't know what to say. Let me give you a hand here. You don't have to agree with every word somebody says over you. You don't have to let them pray for you. We all feel obligated. Well, so and so, and they, you know, and they're. You want to be nice. Nice is not always God. It's reasonable. So you don't have to let them say that. Stand up and say, I appreciate your care for me. But not today. Now, you don't have to use those words. God will help you get some of your own. And it's okay. Will God still move in you in power? Will he still speak things? Yeah. He's here for you. And we're going to be the unshaken people. And the world's going to look and go, okay, that's what we were expecting. Why are the Christians all on the ground? No. Here's a group... And the, and the winds come this way. And the storm goes this way. And a fire lights up over there. And they go, yet we stand. We're not crying our little yabbede eyes out. We're not begging for God to move. And it's not because I'm a preacher. Every one of us can be unshakable. Unfeigned, unmovable faith. Unfeigned, unmovable. ho sha. Filled with the power of God. Tough, ha! And then we'll sing some songs. Maybe not ones with nails in our hands, going through somebody's head. But maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, we might have a couple of those songs. Amen? Some of you, there's some things you need to slay in your life, and we're not talking flesh and blood. Hear me. <laughs> I said, that's the last time I'm listening to that devil. And it's about time you had some snakeskin shoes.
0: <laughs>
1: Amen? It's About time you said, that's it. You're not allowed to lie to me anymore. I know I'm called to God. I know what I have. I know what God put in me. Shut up, devil. Hmm. Yeah. It's up to you. You go home. You're with yourself. Sometimes I pray it's meet myself, and the Holy Ghost. It's a different tri- type of triumph. Come on, people. Wake up. We're here. We're going forward. Happy Mother's Day. I love you. I'm going to pray for you. Stand on your feet. I thank you, God. Shoulders released in the name of Jesus, released in Jesus' name. Release in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for weird words that have been sitting on people's shoulders that they thought they had to fulfill. Come off. Come off. But those words that which you have spoken, those pure words that somehow got covered up, that somehow got shoved down. Father, I speak life into them today. Hath not you said, hath not you said. Let those words come alive. Let them come alive in Jesus' name. Come alive in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shara of Rebekah. Shotun Jede Breya. Brandade Shekaji. Hallelujah. Molta and Baragele and Baro so I Inanata Nebreadosa dosa Deshe brekema. Mondo Mondokosi and gele. Malohoto ishe. Bare tu ankalahatala. Il am in the I am not I am and Father, I thank you. There's also that place. Some got wounded so deep, Jesus. They didn't even know where to turn. But you saw. You never deserted them. You never deserted them. But God, that place where they were sometimes too ashamed to cry out. They didn't know what to do. Jesus, I thank you. Oh, this day, as they turn to you, you answer. The things that seem to be withheld, stored up in another place, waiting to be opened. I thank you this day are open to them. Shukele. le mala. I thank you that they're open. Unlocking the places that were locked. That were locked by decisions of withdrawal. I thank you this day That they can step forward. That when they chose to withdraw because of pain. That God you're there. And you provided the key through the blood of Jesus. That erases that pain. Oh Jesus heal. Healer of of hearts. Restorer of soul. I thank you. You are with your people even now. I bless your people. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
0: Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, B.C. V3W 3B1.